Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. and gentlemen, welcome to Bronzeville. For episode 8, the winning numbers are 8, 45, 51. I want Jimmy Tillman's head. I want it on a plate, and I want it now. Bronzeville. We don't know anything yet, Everett. We know Casper's dead, Jesse. We know my money's gone. And we know if Jimmy had been there, that wouldn't have happened. I knew that kid was wrong. Willie, Tiny, find that damn kid. Bring him back to me. Sure thing, Everett. Absolutely, boss. Lisa. Who is it? What? I heard one of your runners was shot. Please, who was it? Casper Dixon. Oh. Oh, God. Casper. Yeah. Neeson wasn't Jimmy, right? Everett! Damn you. Why would you... Because! That's what you were thinking. And of course it wasn't him, because it's his fault. What? He was supposed to be there. He was supposed to be backing Casper up in case there was any trouble. He never showed. Is he all right? What? Is Jimmy all right? Something happened to Casper. Why do you assume Jimmy was responsible? Do you know where he is? No! Why do you even care? He's just some punk from the streets. That punk saved my life! Willie, Tiny, leave us alone, please. You do not talk to me like that in front of my men. And whatever's going on between you and Jimmy stops now. Everett, when you're being crazy, I'll talk to you how I need to talk to you. And as for the rest, you don't run my life. You're right. I don't run your life, but I do run this business. And Mama made it clear that she didn't want you coming near it. And you've done one hell of a job making sure of that. Please. I don't care. I've had it. I've had it with all of this. I'm leaving. Where to? None of your business. And who's going to take care of you? Take care of me? Yeah, who? Oh, brother. It may have escaped your notice, but I take damn good care of myself. You were kidnapped. And who was there when you weren't? <laughs> exactly. Lisa! Everett, Everett, Everett. Look, man, I know you've been gone a while, okay? I know you're rusty, and I know you're better at running things than I ever was or ever could be, but... You could have handled that a lot better, big brother. If you would have handled it better from the get-go, Jesse, it wouldn't have needed to be handled. So now this is my fault. How is this my You're fault? You don't want to let him get close. He's good at what he does, Everett. 
He's a tough kid. He's a smart kid. And now he's gone. You know why? He's gone because there's no way he doesn't know we're going to blame him for this. She could have brought him in if you played that right. Everett, you're too hot. Cooler heads will prevail. You're not thinking. This is not you, man. Shit. What? What now? You're right. God damn it. You're right. This whole world's going nuts now, though. Curtis thinks he's running things. Frank Barnes is out there busting up our operation. I've been gone too long. I need my edge back. And with all due respect, big brother, you need to find that edge fast because we're in trouble here. Don't I know it? What are you going to do? Normally, I would go see Curtis, but I have no idea what's going on in his mind right now. Yes, Everett? Warm up the car. I'm going across town. Yes, sir. You know what? Fuck you. I don't care what the problem is. I said we need 100 cases by Friday. That means I need 100 cases by Friday. Do I have to come down there and explain the English language to you? Good. I didn't think so. Yeah, come in. Hey, boss. Uh, Big Spade out on the floor said he's here to see you. I told him no one sees you without an appointment, and he said... What he said, he told me to tell you word for word. What did he say? He said you're the worst chess player there is and you're afraid to face him. He said that, huh? Uh, yeah. Show him in. You, you, show him. You going deaf? No, boss, I hear you, okay. Well, shit me blind. Everett Copeland, they let you out of prison? You goddamn right. You ready for an ass-whooping white boy? <laughs> you and what army, you big spade? <laughs> oh, it's good to see you, pal. Ah, you too, Sammy. I never realized what a sharp dresser you was. I'm glad to be out of those damn grays. You and me both. You want a drink? Absolutely. Sit down. Sit down. Oh. Thank you. Mmm. That's good stuff. You're goddamn right it is. Sure is better than that swill we had inside. Don't remind me. I, I hear you've been dealing with some shit. Well, that's one way to put it. We've been hit hard. Cat was away. Yeah, well, the mice didn't just play. They played all out war. I'm sorry. I know you spent your life building that operation. Yeah, anything I can do to help you, you just let me know. Nah, man. Uh, thanks. We're fine. You think it was just people taking advantage? No, it was one guy. A straight-up power grab. Who'd be stupid enough to do that? This cat out of St. Louis. Frank Barnes. I don't know that name, I guess. No, you shouldn't. If he was a big deal, you would know him, but you don't. He's a punk. That's a spirit. <laughs> You're doing all right for yourself, though, here, Sammy. I'm impressed. Some of my guys have been here. Say it's a swell club. It's no royale, of course. <laughs> well, give me time. Give me, give me time. Starting a joint's one thing. Keeping it going, that's where we separate the men from the boys. I know that now, Everett. Damn, do I know that. And don't think that I've forgotten how I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be paying you back soon, in full. Yeah, that'll be something to see. You don't believe me. Let's just say... I've been dubious about this proposition from the get-go, but I'm rooting for you, pal. That goes a long way with me, Everett. Believe me. Well, I mean it, Sammy. I'd have been happier had you come to me first, but there's no denying you helped me out in the joint. So, uh, I've been meaning to ask you. What? I, I hear things. I understand shit hits the streets. A lot of the time it's, it's just shit. Yeah? 
Well, well, yeah, but then I look and then I see there might be some truth. And well, spit it out, Sammy. This Randolph guy, Curtis. He's taken over the operation, from what I hear. He's always been top dog. He's just more involved for the time being. Yeah. Sammy, come on. I told you they killed his wife. Yeah, I, I know. That's rough. There's nothing worse. Killing the kid, maybe? Yeah. So he's understandably involved. All right, because, you know, if you were having some internal problems, it might be I could step in from the outside and help out. Curtis is like a father to me. Oh, hey, no, I understand. I, I get it. I'm, ju I'm just saying. You need anything, Everett. Anything at all, you just let me know. I get it, Sammy. All right. All right. I know. I, I can go on all, all day and nobody tells me to shut up. <laughs> hey, when's the last time you played a game? What, chess? What else? You got a board? Right here. You up for it? Absolutely. Been a while since I kicked me a white boy's ass. <laughs> We're here, sir. Thank you, Maxwell. Yes, sir. What is it? Excuse me? You want to say something? It's not my place, sir. Maxwell, you've been with this family from the beginning. My wife thought the world of you. I have never seen any reason to doubt her estimation of your character. Please, speak freely now. I'm just concerned, sir. It hasn't been very long since the tragedy. Nobody expects you to just go right back to normal. You don't have to go to this tonight. Maxwell, uh... Forgive me, sir. I, sh I shouldn't have said anything. That's all right. It's all right. If I was anyone else, you'd be right. I was a white businessman, I could take all the time in the world, but these people need to be shown that we're stronger than they are. I understand, sir. And I'm sorry. No, I, I said it's all right. I mean, I'm sorry you have to endure all this. Well, thank you so much, Maxwell. Mm -hmm. I have a confession to make, Anna. All that time you took me to church, all that time you spent praying, I never believed. I heard you talking to Jesus, and I thought, let her have that. If she needs to believe someone's listening, the least I can do is let her have it. But I never believed it, and I never prayed, not for real. And now that you're gone, Anna, all I do is talk to you. I didn't think that you had anything left to teach me, but now I understand it. Just thinking you might be listening. Do you have an invitation? Yes, of course, here. Yeah. Oh, I see. Thank you, Mr. Randolph. Please come in. You're going to get me in trouble one of these days. Excuse me? Uh, I wasn't talking to you. Here we go, baby. Curtis Randolph. What a pleasant surprise. Hello, Thompson. Uh, have you met my wife, Clarice? I have not had the pleasure. Good evening, Mrs. Thompson. Oh, how do you do? Enchanted. Why the surprise, Thompson? Well, I didn't think this would be your cup of tea. What exactly? Fundraisers or classical music? No, I know you take a civic interest. I just didn't expect to see you coming out for the Chicago Symphony. Well, someone's got to keep them honest. Hmm? I worry that if I don't show up and push them in the right direction, we'll be subject to another season of the Four Seasons in Pier Gint. I'd like to see them venture out into something a little more adventurous from time to time. Ah, uh, yes, you mean that bebop music you all seem to enjoy so much. <laughs> no, I can't imagine the symphony playing jazz. 
There's some lesser-known Brahms that would be nice to hear from time to time. You know, I was in Paris last year, checking in to see how some properties made it through the war. I heard Smetana's The Moldau. I'm embarrassed to say it was my first time, but I think it would be a challenge that our orchestra could live up to. Yes, yes, of course, Smetana, I... um... It's worth seeking out. I'm very hopeful that our new conductor will be adventurous. His time in New York certainly gives one cause for excitement, wouldn't you say? Rodzinski? Yes, yes, I think you're right. Uh, quite. I assume you've seen him conduct. I actually get to Europe more often than I get to New York, but I have seen him a few times. Of course, I try never to miss any of his CBS broadcasts. Oh, I love those. Did you hear the night of Brahms they did last year? I did. It was glorious. So you're excited about the changes. Of course, as are you, I gather. Very much. Have you met him yet? I have not. Oh, Jeremy, let's introduce them. I'm sure Mr. Brodzinski will be thrilled to meet someone as knowledgeable and passionate about music as Mr. Randolph is. Uh, yes, dear, of course. I'll, I'll make a point of it. No, no, I mean, let's do it now. He's right over there. And he does not look happy to be cornered by the Alversons. Why, thank you, Clarice. It would be a rare privilege to meet the maestro. Well, let's go. Excuse me, maestro. Yes? Oh, hello, Mrs. Thompson. So lovely to see you again. Maestro, this is Curtis Randolph. He's one of the symphony's benefactors and a very serious classical music enthusiast. Ah, is that the case? Well, good to meet you, Mr. Randolph. It's an honor to meet you, maestro. I've seen you conduct in Cleveland, Los Angeles, and New York, and I cannot tell you how excited I am that you've come to Chicago. I do hope you find it to your liking. It has certainly lived up to my expectations so far. May I ask, Mr. Randolph, what is it you would most like to see performed in your lovely town? Well, I was just talking to Mr. Thompson here about the Moldau, which I had the privilege of seeing a few years back. In Paris? Yes. Ah, what a rare pleasure that was. Yes, indeed. And how do you feel about opera, Mr. Randolph? It's not my area of expertise, I confess. It's one of those things I have been meaning to get to, though. Ah, wonderful. I plan on bringing some grand singers here in the next year. Oh, that sounds wonderful. But surely you've seen Porgy and Bess. Mm, Yes, of course. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I give offense? No, maestro, you gave no offense. It's just not a production that we... Well, let us just say it's complicated. Of course. Uh, Of course. White men writing for Negro characters. What could they know of that experience? (laughs) Well, perhaps it's conversation for another time. Please... Forgive me, Mr. Randolph. Not at all, maestro. Please do enjoy your time here in Chicago. You are a most interesting person, Mr. Randolph. I hope our upcoming season is up to your expectations. I have absolutely no doubt that it will exceed them, maestro. I see you have many admirers lining up to pay their respects. Thank you so much for your time. And yours, Mr. Randolph. And your patronage. Mrs. Thompson, it was lovely to meet you. And I want to thank you again for the introduction. Of course. Lovely to meet you, Mr. Randolph. Curtis, please. Curtis? He's off gracious and so Anna, give me strength. Mr. Mayor! Curtis, good to see you, my boy. And you, sir. My wife and I were terribly, terribly sorry to hear about Anna. Such a tragedy. Thank you so much, sir. I'm surprised to see you out in the world. We must always move forward, Mr. Mayor. Always forward. Yes, I suppose so. I... 
I don't know what I'd do if I... Well, yes. And how is that other situation? The one we discussed in my office a while back? You mean the police raids? Yes, those. Well, the bulletin's still running those editorials, so it's still a problem. We're still waiting for Mr. Powell to find something else to fixate on. Well, perhaps you could guide him in that direction. Uh, Gently, I trust. Yes, I thought I might. His paper lobbied hard for this new conductor. I thought I might reason with him on our common ground. You've met him before? Oh, of course. Good, because that's not an introduction I'd look forward to. Well, I think I'll go say hello. I know, Anna, I know. I'm going to be polite. Always polite. Always serene. Jonas. Well, as I live and breathe, Kurt Randolph. Curtis. Yes, yes, of course. What brings you to our little soiree, Curtis? I'm a contributor to the symphony, just like you. Well, isn't that interesting? I'm also a voracious reader of the bulletin. Oh, really? Like you don't look like our average reader. Oh, I assure you, Jonas, I am not your average reader. Of course not, of course not. I mostly read the editorials. Ah, I trust they're to your liking, then. When they're not trying to destroy my neighborhood, they are. Oh, come now, Curtis. You can't be referring to my comments about the numbers, Rackets. Oh, no? The numbers are the scourge of the Negro class. They ensure that coloreds stay in poverty. Maybe you'd like to actually come to Bronzeville, see how it works. My reporters have done a thorough job of that already. Mm -hmm. And if I told you your campaign is hurting people, that it's costing people their livelihoods. A few hoodlums not being able to play dice for a week isn't exactly a great loss to the world. I'm not going to waste your time, Jonas. I'm telling you, what you're doing isn't just costing me money. I can live with that. Everything in Bronzeville flows from the numbers. We're not like the Italians or the Jews or the Irish. We can't pretend to be white. No one's ever going to welcome us onto Main Street. If you want to get white people riled up about something, you should take a look at Capone's organization. They're still out there. They're still killing people. All in due time, Curtis. Now, I appreciate your concern, but you really have to understand the bulletin is a public trust. And it's incumbent upon us to honor that. I'd suggest that public trust has been served in this matter, and perhaps it's time to move along. (laughs) Are are you attempting to tell me my business? I'm suggesting you've achieved your purpose. There are precious few white men who can dictate to me, Randolph, and no Negroes. Mm, I see. I think you'll find that I am not a man to antagonize. I know you believe you have some power in this town, and I'll give you credit. If anyone told me 20 years ago that a colored would be on a first-name basis with the mayor of Chicago... I'd have told them they were insane. Progress makes fools of us all. I am not making light of this, Randolph, and I am no fool. You want me to leave your criminal enterprise alone? You want me to leave you free to promote depravity and corruption through my city, leaking out into the lives of the good people of Chicago? That will never happen. But I have made one mistake, and that's this. I have not been vigorous enough in my prosecution of this issue. I assure you, the next few weeks will bring about some astonishing changes in your empire. I assume that will conclude this conversation. Of course, of course, and good evening to you, sir. (laughs) Uh, One thing, Jonas. I I appreciate your passion on this subject and your commitment, and I do understand your perspective. Believe me, I'm just confused by one thing. Only one? Yes, well, as my dear wife is fond of pointing out, there is... Much in this world that perplexes me, but none so much as this. For someone who has such disdain for the colored race, you certainly do spend enough time on Camden Drive. 
What's that address? 137 South? Mrs. Caroline's, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Mrs. Caroline's. Enough. Oh, I'm sure it's enough. It's more than enough. I'd say we're done here. Curtis. Excuse me? Mr. Randolph. Yes? Uh, tomorrow's paper will be running another piece on the south side. It's too late to remove it. That's all right, Jonas. That's all right. I'll take it on faith. It will be the last one. Yes? Yes. Oh, and by the way, on the subject of people I'm on a first-name basis with, did Charles drive you here? Because if he did, I'm afraid you're going to be driving your own car home tonight. Good night, Jonas. Hey, Jimmy. Mm. Ben, how you doing? Much the same. How you? Might be looking to shake things up. Thanks for coming out. Well, not my side of town, but it's always good to see how other folks live. Mm-hmm, I guess. What's going on? I keep thinking about that job you talked about. Good, good. We could use you. Yeah, you know, we gotta get you out of this. This? Yeah, this world crime is not good, Jimmy. You gonna lecture me again? Do I need to? It ain't about what I'm doing here being wrong. It ain't. It's, it's what we gotta do to make it. Yeah, there are better ways, Jimmy. Oh, come on, man. I'm just trying to make a change for myself. Them things here just ain't working out. I'm going to have to cut and run soon, and I thought maybe me and you could make that work. Okay, I get it. You know, we can, but it's important you understand the problem here. The problem? And these men you're working for, they're everything I've spent my life fighting against. No, no, they ain't. No, they're exploiters, Jimmy, the worst kind. They, they, they feed off the needs of the poor, and they get rich off it. And they give back. They give back to the people. Jimmy, come on, man. They're, they're rich. They give a little back so they can tell themselves they're philanthropists. They're no different than the industrialists and the bosses a union goes up against every day. There's a lot of differences. Yeah, only on the surface. Nah, man, the people you talking about, they're getting rich by keeping folk down. See, the people I work for... Are getting rich. They also working to bring folk up. They didn't create the situation. They're working to end it. People you talking about made the world the way it is. And they're getting rich by keeping it that way. You're splitting heads, Jimmy. They're all exploited. Not so. No, it ain't so, no. They're not going to help anyone but themselves. They're sure as hell not going to help you. Then who is, Ben? The union? Absolutely, yes. And how many people look like me at the top of that group of saints? Ah, you have to give us time, Jimmy. We'll, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Sit back and wait, right? And how's that any different from anyone else? Except down here in Bronzeville, I look up and all those... Those black faces I see. The men at the top, their faces tell me I can get there too. And it's not just because some white man is promising it'll happen someday. Okay, all right, all right. There's a difference. But they're still parasites, Jimmy. Everything they have is still built on the backs of poor people, of working people. <laughs> you ain't gonna never get it, Ben. You never lived a life of being anything other than what you are. And I'm never going to live a life being anything but what I am. Yeah, I, I know that, Jimmy. I know that. But these people, the only way you'll get to be one of them is if you become as ruthless as they are. You, you understand that? I understand. Oh, good. So 
come do this thing with me. Come push some folk around for the union. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you gotta put it like that, sure. When you leaving? We take off tomorrow morning. Alright. Well, tell me where I gotta meet you. I'll be in a car at the corner of Harper and Watson at 8 tomorrow morning. Alright. Pack your bags, Jimmy. Kiss Brownsville goodbye. I see you there. Good man, Jimmy. Good man. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, it's me. I got what you want. You gonna give me what you promise? All right, then. Here's what you do. Jack's tip-top lounge in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That night. Hey, Jack. What's going on tonight? Nothing much, Billy. How's about you? All smooth, baby. All smooth. You guys drinking tonight? I am. Wilson here is staying off the sauce for a while. Yeah. Bad times with the old lady. Yeah, I know what that can be like. Shit, man. I was your size, I'd be extra careful. You could kill someone without even trying. Yeah, but that's why I keep him around. <laughs> your usual? That'll do me. Here you go. Say, I almost forgot. Guy was asking around about where he could place a bet. Oh, yeah? What you tell him? Told him I might know a guy. What'd he look like? Average-sized Negro, by himself. Don't make it obvious, but he's back there in the corner booth nursing a beard. Oh, I ain't gonna even look over there. Wilson, scope him out. Hmm, yeah, I see him. Average. <laughs> he's one of you little suckers. Everyone's little compared to you, man. That ain't my fault. Well, let's go see what the little fella wants to lay down. Say, young brother, I hear tell you looking to play a bet. Could be. You Billy Smack? You found him. Well, all right. You the muscle. I handle that end of it. I bet you do. What you looking to wager on? What kind of odds you give me on this enormous nigga right here? On Wilson? Ha! <laughs> Depends on who he's going up against. Me. You going, boy? <gasps> Motherfucker! Billy shit. You Samson West. Used to run a station in Chicago. You and me are heading back to Bronzeville. Everett and Jesse Copeland want to talk to you. Man, you crazy if you think I'm going back. No! He's got a gun! That's right. And I will put one in you if you don't come along peacefully. This man right here owe any of you money. Come on down to Bronzeville and get in touch with me. Name's Jimmy Tillman. With the Copeland family. You goddamn son of a bitch! You got that right, Samson. I am a son of a bitch. Bronzeville, the next day. Everett! Jesse, you heard. What the hell happened? Curtis called me. Lisa didn't show up at the bank today. I sent a couple of guys over to her place. She was packed and gone. And she left us a note. Left a note? What? Here. Dear Everett, 
I'm sorry for what I said the other day. I love you and Jesse and Zeke. I know what you mean. I know you mean well, but I need to live my own life. Please don't try to find me. I'll be in touch when I've settled somewhere else. Jesus Christ, Everett. Yeah. You think she took off with Jimmy? I don't know. I hope not. What are we going to do? She's my sister. She's mine, too. I'm going to honor her request. I hear a butt in there. I won't look for her. But I'm going to keep looking for the son of a bitch, Tillman. And if he happens to be with her... Okay, okay. I can get behind that. Let me take charge of it. I need you here, Jesse. I know you weren't happy running things, but you did a good job. I need all the help I can get right now. What's going on, big brother? Curtis tells me the bulletin's done going after us. Raids are going to slow down to a trickle. Business is going to start picking up soon, and we need to get ready to get back into it. Plus, with Curtis still being a wild card... I get it. I get it. I knew you would, brother. Everett! Get your gun. Got it. What is it? It's the Tillman kid. Jimmy? Here? Yeah. He just walked right in, sweet as you please. The boys got him. Don't hurt him. I want him for myself. All right. What the hell? I do not know. Well, let's go find out. Maybe he can take us to Lisa. We've been looking for you, kid. I'm right here, Everett. I just need to... Yeah. Oh. Oh. I knew I had that coming. Yeah, well, there's a lot more than where that came from, you little Please son of a talk. bitch. Just a minute. Then you can do whatever. I can do whatever I want anytime I want to do it. I know that. I, I know that. Where's my goddamn sister? What? Wait a minute. What, what, what happened to Lisa? <laughs> Hold on, please. You got one minute, kid. One minute. And then Jesse's coming at you with that blade. I get it, Everett. I do. I know you've been worried about where I stand late. I understand. And there's some things going on. Stuff ain't got nothing to do with you, your family, or this business. But it's been messing up my head, and I'm done with it. Casper getting killed. He was my only friend here. You gotta believe me. Just words, kid. Jesse, you got your blade? Always on me, Everett. Take his ear. Wait, wait, Jesus, Lord. Lord, I got more than words. Well, what do you have? My car is parked out front. Send someone to check out the back. I got something for you. If you fucking with us, boy, it's all over for you. I ain't. I swear to God, I ain't. Go check it out, Lee. On it. I figure you got about a minute. I'm with you, Everett. I'm with the Copeland family all the way as far as I can go. No more distraction, no more outside business. I had some shit for my past needed cleaning up and it's all taken care of. I know you're mad. I ain't never did nothing to harm this family. Or this business. Casper was my friend. If I could, I'd take all those bullets for him. Uh-huh. What is it? Holy shit. What? He's got someone hogtied in the back of his car. Who is it? Samson West. Samson? We've been looking for Samson for weeks. He just up and disappeared after that business with the dream book lady. You found Samson West? I did, up in Milwaukee. How did you find him? Leg work, Everett. Asking questions. Uh-huh. We couldn't find him nowhere. Maybe this kid really is lucky for us, Everett. Uh, we could use some of that luck these days. I would say. All right. Shit. Let him go. <coughs> thank you. Don't thank me. I'm still not sure about you, kid. I'm gonna change that. Yeah, well, you can start by telling me where my sister is. I have no idea. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.